only one chance you have. You have no chance. If you had a chance, you could run lickety split. You can't run because you're the baddest. Well, Rick Flair, you know what? I'm not a normal looking athlete myself. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in the gym's alive. It's a privilege and an honor to walk out with only Addison, Lex Luger, and the Army tomorrow night. Luger and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? You don't lose faith in winners. And Ric Flair day in and day out. You every day of his life. Just keep winning and winning and winning. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're gonna find out what hard is all about! I do exactly what I want to do. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. Make, make, make a, a big, delicious, delicious day. God, I hate God. Hit the dog. Yes. Yes. Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. Let us pray. Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it. And it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud. But didn't call you when I was doing good. Too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love, they ended up taking it back. It's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on, I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, preach for you, teach for you, reach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me, and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, and whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. In the name of Jesus, I give you. <laughs> 
uh, wow. Um, first thing I'll say is smart. That was uh, a great choice for intro. Um, obviously, we played that because DMX did pass today. There was rumors he passed last night, but it was actually today. And you're probably thinking, Boxman, you hate hip-hop. I know, but I don't hate people. So DMX has been in many movies and also many other, uh, many songs in many movies that I've watched and seen and everything. So I still had respect for the guy. And uh, he had more to say in his songs than just what he got made fun of for. So... That's it, but uh, anyway, this is Dirt Cheat Dude. Smark, what is going on? Um, can say a little bit about uh, about DMX there, man. Sure, sure. Uh, it's just a very, very interesting person. Like, he was one of the first rappers that I knew that we talked about religion, okay? And he just, like, being sad, being depressed, being crying. He would be like, he was vulnerable. At a time when the majority of mainstream rap was dominated by like gangster rap or just people who were bragging about possessions, material goods and things like that, to where just being able to be vulnerable like that kind of almost put a target on your back and it took some courage to do. Um, just in like the first his first five albums, he put out two albums in his first year and his first five albums were number one on the Billboard charts, mm-hmm. which is just unheard of. Like, Jay-Z hasn't done it. Eminem didn't do it. Like, just some of these, like, big titans in the rap just didn't achieve that kind of just ridiculous success just right out of the gate. Right. And then, like, also, you think about the fact that he came out as, mm-hmm. you know, he was, his prime was in the age of media sharing. You know, file sharing, music downloading, that kind of thing. Right. And he went platinum 15 times. Jesus. So, like, when people have the option to steal your music but still choose to pay for it, I think it says a lot about what you have to put out there. Uh, yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. Absolutely. That, that does say a lot. You know, like I said, I, I, I don't know a lot of his music. Um, sure. But, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I do know a few songs simply from so many movies. That guy's had songs in, if I say 100 movies, I don't think I'm exaggerating. Um, I mean, the, the movies I can remember are Exit Wounds, which he not only had a song in, he starred in with Steven Seagal. Uh, great movie. I actually love that movie, and I love him in it. Um, he was in Romeo Must Die also, which is another great movie. He worked in two movies with Je- uh, Jet Li. Um, what's the other one? Cradle to the Grave. That's right. Yeah. Was the other one. Jet Li must have seemed to like him. So, and I don't blame him. Like I said, man, I, I don't need to like the kind of music you do. I don't need to like anything like that. You seem like a, I mean, he wasn't the best person, but like I said, man, just from hearing all that and all the movies he's been not only in, but had music in, you just kind of, you're just like, oh, it's DMX. I mean, first of all, his voice is, just you know he's got that raspy voice very different than a lot of other people so it's just kind of something you you, you're ingrained with no matter i mean if you were if you heard music in the 90s you heard dmx you know Mm -hmm. or the late 90s or the 2000s 
like like one of the, one of the things that really sticks out in my mind is a pico bag and the full set is on youtube but you, even if you just watch like a song or two mm. his performance at woodstock 99 mm. it's like it's a music festival obviously so you have people that are just coming for any number of different bands people who you know may not like rap may not like hip-hop may not like his music what have you he controlled that entire just fucking the entire outdoor venue. Mm. There was thousands of people, thousands upon thousands of people out there. Just you know, if he told he told them to make noise, they made noise. They told them to jump, they jumped. Like he just had them eating out of the palm of his hands. He just had such an energy about him. Like it was such a presence, such an aura. But at the same time, it was interesting the sort of duality about him. He was just a very honest, a very open. You know, like he was just a regular person too. Like he did not shy away from the fact that he was imperfect. He did not shy away from the fact, like you said, wasn't always the best person. He often talked about, you know, fighting his demons in songs and interviews, all that kind of stuff. So he just he was very open and honest about all of it. Right. And obviously it seems like his demons caught up to him. He did overdose. But um I mean yeah. exit wounds really was the first movie I was kind of really introduced to him. I, I think that might have been his first real, like, real movie, like, star role. And I I was impressed. I've, I, I got to tell you, I've probably watched that movie 200 times. <laughs> my grandfather, while on my mom's side, was a huge Steven Seagal fan. So whenever we went to, we went to his house, he was watching a Steven Seagal movie. Be it uh, above the law, be it uh, exit wounds, all the uh, marked for death. He loved Steven Seagal, so I, I do too. I, I, I like I like Seagal too. But exit wounds was a great movie, man. And Romeo Must Die. You want to talk about an underrated movie, man? I don't. I still don't know why that movie. I'm not going to say. Yeah, yeah, it kind of flopped. I think it's a great movie. I think it's a great fucking movie. Um, who else is in that movie? What's that guy's name? Uh, Delroy Lindo. Is that his name? I'm not sure if I'm, I'm like kind of going through the I think I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the the name is Delroy Lindo of that guy. But yeah, just a great actor, great movie, and uh, but Exit Wounds and everything, just just awesome fucking movies. The two I remember, but. Like I said, man, and any given Sunday, he's got a song in there. He's got songs in tons of movies. It, it he's like one of those guys. Doesn't matter if you really knew about rap or was well, don't follow rap. You knew who DMX was, right? Yeah, and you were right. Like it's Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo. Yeah, to the Anderson. It's mm -hmm. pretty interesting. There's a couple of uh, just off the top of my head. Cradle to the Grave is on Tubi right now. Really? So if you have Tubi, you can. Or you could just go to their website, really. You don't even have to download any ads. And if you have an ad blocker, you can watch without the interruptions. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, anyway, obviously, uh, you know, just a, a very sad moment for a lot of people. I mean, it's uh, this is someone a lot of uh, a lot of 90s kids grew up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it. uh it always hurts when someone you kind of grew up with, you know, the people you grew up with, when they start going, you kind of you kind of start feeling your own mortality. 
I'm glad that you said this because mm. I was actually thinking about this. And I mean, I'm sure you've gone through it too. I think we all have to some extent, but yeah, like his first album was 98. His first album was 98. Mm. And that was the summer of 98. So I was like seven. I started listening to him. When I was like seven years old, eight years old. And just kind of maybe not the best material for an eight year old child to be listening to, but Dude. you know, I literally grew up with the guy. So it was just like, it, it does make you feel older and it starts making you think, you know, these people that you grew up listening to as a child, as a teenager, what have you, they started passing away yeah. for any, any number of reasons. It just becomes just kind of sad. Yeah. And I mean, I, I gotta tell you, man, I mean, just, you know, the most recent I can remember is Luke Perry. When Luke Perry passed, I was like, wow. Um, what it just kind of hit me like holy shit i'm getting old and so is everyone that i was growing up with on television obviously that's jungle boy's father you know but mm -hmm. um it's uh it's just one of those things man you're just it's just uh it's it, it's just really shitty things going on but um anyway did want to pay a little tribute to him and i i know smart's really into the old hip hop and rap there so but uh man that was a great thing to play right there i uh i appreciate you digging that up for me man thank you thank you uh, yeah no worries so and i hope you all enjoyed it too but uh i think that was a spot on thing to play there and um all right i guess from there i got to tell you this uh Really, I know I say this almost every show, but this might not be the longest show. Really, I've got we've got NXT to go over, we've got SmackDown to go over. Um, SmackDown, Smart, I think you put it the best way uh, on Messenger, and I'm not going to take your line. If you remember what you said, go ahead. Yeah, I said basically it seemed like it was less of a show and more of an infomercial. Yeah, yeah, I think infomercial was the most the most perfect way to put that that show and you know what it should have been it really should have been yeah. um we're gonna get through that quick but uh nxt once again delivered and we're gonna talk about that let's go ahead and knock out these plugs real quick um because i do want to go ahead and mention one thing we're gonna be doing sunday we will be live sunday but we are not gonna be alone smart oh we're not oh no sir we are not we're gonna be joined by the high marks cheese man um, I'm not sure who else. I know Dirk's going to be jumping on. Might be Mojo. Might be G-Wiz. You never know. You never know. So you just want to go ahead and join us. So there you go. Check out the high marks right there with us. And, of course, if you do want to check them out on their own, Sunday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, where? Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right, 2Ts and Mitt, Metal Mitt Network. Check them out right there. And, of course, the Bobby Anthem and the Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience they will be coming back. I actually uh, was uh, chatting back and forth with Bobby last night, and um, definitely they're going to be coming back soon. They needed a little break. Y'all know how that gets. A little burnout. You know, a little burnout. But check out the Inhuman Experience. Go ahead and subscribe, and Smart will give you the rest of those shows with those guys. And the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, you can find them right there on Blog Talk Radio. You can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, once again, just go to Blog Talk Radio, start typing in everything unscripted, you will see it pop up. And Stephen Milan sharing the shows, much appreciated, sir. You want to check him out? He's over there, reviewing films, letterboxd, boxd.com, slash Stephen Milan, two L's when you hit that Milan. 
And you know where to find us. Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, Anchor, YouTube. Definitely check us out, check us out on YouTube. Uh, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, anywhere else you get podcasts from. Smart Letter Ripster. Yes, sir. Mondays, we're going to be in the Metal Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to Cheese. I'm the sports of the Cheese Man. And Sundays, 10.30 a.m., the Metal Med Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at the Motors, the Machine, the host, last, however, never, ever, ever, least are our friends at the Planet Raconteur. It's Planet Raconteur podcast with Bobby Anthony, Papa Davis, and you have nasty. All the 16 episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Be sure to subscribe for season two. And hell, even season three. There'll probably be a season three. You want to go ahead and be super happy with the game. And then once you just go ahead and subscribe right now. There you go. Hit that button, subscribe. And I do want to let everyone know, Smark will uh, have himself a nice new microphone set up coming up Tuesday. I'm gonna let him yeah. know. I'm gonna let him know what else he's gonna need to get that set up working, and um, hopefully by Wednesday we'll have Smart sounding crisp, clean, clear, and give you that mm-hmm. audio tickle in your ear that you're waiting for. Anyway, um, oh, we're about to do it big. We're gonna have interns. We're gonna have just oh. all kinds of stuff. We're gonna have soundproof studios. We're gonna have like, stay tuned. Oh yeah, we're gonna have women out here with sweeping shit and stuff. D large, thanks for stopping by, man. Been a while since we've seen you, buddy. Appreciate you coming on yeah, by. Nice to have you. Yeah. Again, if you guys want to join the chat, you just come on over here to mixer.com slash dirt sheet dudes and uh join us. Always a fun time. So uh all right. You want to uh hmm. What do we start with here, Smart? You wanna go ahead and get into NXT takeover? All right, let's go ahead and do that then. Knockout takeover here. Um, NXT takeover night two. We obviously did night one when we were uh, on Wednesday. We decided to do that instead of AEW. From what I heard about AEW, we didn't miss much <laughs> this no, week. Yeah, you know, I can't say I blame them for kind of just going, yeah, we'll just have some fun this week. So, <laughs> so, um, but I did get to watch uh, NXT night over uh, NXT takeover night two, stand and deliver. And I'll tell you what, great name for the show because once again, that show, this show did deliver. Smart. What do you think? Oh, where's Marco? There. Oh, there you are. Hi, how are you? Yeah, just probably, probably maybe moved a little bit farther back. Than I yeah, I was gonna say I agree with that. It was it was a pretty good show. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I de- once. I mean, night one was great, but uh, night two eh, definitely delivered, especially with the um, I would say with the opener mainly and the um, the last match, the main event, definitely delivered. Um, so we'll go ahead and get into this again. I'm, we're not going to run through like we usually do, but uh, going to try to definitely start tightening up my notes. A little less reviews, a little more news. Yeah. Anyway, Smart, what did you think of the old uh, Poppy performance there? <laughs> this is kind of funny because this is a little bit of an inverse to what we started talking about at the beginning of the show. Very not true. Not quite my bellywick 
but a little bit more up your alleyway. But uh, I enjoyed it for what it was worth. It's just not high energy performance. I'm real. I'm kind of just down with anything that isn't just like they really had a long run there where it was just like picking just flow rider over and over again. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm good on that, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the performance, and you're right. I do. I, I like the music. I'm a little confused on the fascination with her but i gotta say the band is very good um you give me a, a once again man you give me a guitar that's fucking cutting like a chainsaw i'm gonna listen i like it i don't know why it's just something that's been to me since i was a kid definitely could do with a little less strobe light um i for, i felt like i was gonna have a seizure a couple times <laughs> but um <laughs> But uh, well, you get the strobe light and you get like the Kevin Dunn directing, so you just get with my yeah, contact. yeah. You got the strobe light, you got fucking camera cuts, and you're like, holy fuck! I'm I, I hate I know this might sound bad. I literally my brain feels like what Michael J. Fox must feel like. I'm just <laughs> you're right. That did sound bad, but I do approve. So I I know it did. I know it did, and I apologize for it. But it was the only way I could think to explain it in the moment. I've had a few shots tonight. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> anyway, like I said, the kickoff show, the the kickoff to this show, was a very good match, Mark, and it's you know, one we've been kind of talking about. I don't know much about Jordan Devlin, but uh, it was Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin. They had a ladder match to decide the undisputed. Cruiserweight champion. Um, got a few little things that I picked out in this match, Mark. Uh, the Devlin with the DDT off the ladder, first of all. Mm-hmm. Just for one holy shit move, that was one. The moonsault, though, was like, hey, you like the DDT? Hold my beer. I got one more for you. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that moonsault was fucking something out of a goddamn textbook, man. That was beautiful. Beautiful. And the camera angle, I think, made it even better. And the the cool thing is, I don't know if you've noticed, but you've, we've seen a lot of that on social media with different camera angles thrown in. So they got that from, like, every camera angle. And it looked great from every one of them. Yeah, I, I did notice that. You're right, that did look really good. If we're just kind of picking apart different spots that I liked, the, the one that I liked especially was uh, Santos takes a suplex onto the ladder. Mm. And it's, it looks nice. They, they're in the right position to film it, too, because he just, like, he takes the suplex into the ladder. He looks up at the camera and just goes, Ay, cabrón. <laughs> like, he is not having fun right now. He looks like he is in pain. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I got to tell you, man, a lot of the guys looked looked really great in this whole show. So it looked like they were really pumped to be getting this one out. Um, mm-hmm. And again, this was only done on uh, Peacock. So yeah. and before we get into uh, SmackDown, we'll get into the ratings and everything because uh, <laughs> surprise. And the ratings. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, now, as as soon as Devlin really started getting the better, though, of Escobar Smart, uh, Wild and Mendoza come down. They start attacking Devlin. Escobar basically tells them, you've done your job. Run along. 
Well, I I love this part too because it was very half-hearted because he tries to pull the old, you guys can go, I want to win this on my own, but the entire time he has this shitty grin on his face. Mm. Like he is just very visibly trying to make sure everyone knows that he meant that for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't. Yes. But now you know I knew, but maybe I didn't know, <laughs> but you knew I knew. So you know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> so... But yeah, he told him to run along. He starts, he's like, you know, I'm going in, I'm climbing the ladder. Devlin gets up, which, uh, pretty bad beating to get up from that quick. But again, it's a match. And he's supposed to be a tough guy. He threw the ladder at Escobar. And then uh, they're side by side on ladders. And I got to tell you, Smart, very, very, very thoughtful of Santos Escobar to steady the ladder for uh, Devlin there. Did you notice that? Like, literally, he put his hand, like, steadied the ladder, put his hand on it. Like, here, 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 climb on up. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Did you catch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did think that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But um, after a little bit more back and forth, we get Escobar, who literally used his head to win this match. Um, and after the match... Smart, I got to tell you, we, we, we've talked many times about social media being a, an absolute toxic land of filth. <laughs> People were shitting on this guy for bringing his nine-year-old son on stage to celebrate with him. Ser- I, 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 sometimes I go on social media and I'm like, you know, people are just awful. And then sometimes I go on there and go, God, they're really awful and they can't get any worse. And then they get worse. And if I recall correctly, he was wearing a mask. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, look, they're doing the Brody Lee Jr. thing. The, wh- what is he? Negative, negative one? Oh, my God. <laughs> I like how they have the market cornered on having children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, look. Which I will actually say, I found a GIF, and I can post it here in the Mixler chat, mm. of when he was, I believe he was in AAA before this, from a AAA match where his son came into the ring after a match that he had won. And this was, like, well before the, you know, Brady Jr. thing. So technically, you want to be, like, a dickhead about it. He, he did it first. Right. Well, there you go. And you know what? I, 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 I even saw this. Well, he's a heel. He shouldn't be bringing kids up there. Okay. Can a heel not be happy once in his life? Can a, uh, you know, I mean, come on. We've watched how many movies, you know, it's a bad guy. Even the bad guy has a good day, is happy sometimes. Let him, especially if there's children involved. Can we calm? Yeah, and he's a heel. Yeah. Like, like he's a heel kind of like in the same way that Brad Hart was. Okay. Where he's like, he's a bad guy, but like, you know, he, preserves Canadian history or whatever, so he, you know, people in Canada like him. Escobar, his whole thing is that he's trying to, you know, protect the integrity of Lucha Libre and all that. So, like, it may, you know, the people that are within his inner circle, pun not intended, but the Legato del Fantasma group, you know, he's cool with them. You know, he's, he cares about family and all of that. He, just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean that he doesn't like people that are within his, you know, reach. Well, I mean, just because he's a bad guy on television doesn't mean he's like a bad guy to his children. So I I don't know. 
toxic. Toxic and hateful. That's all social media has become lately. Um, but anyway, let's just move on before I start getting mad at fucking Twitter and Facebook. Um, we get MSK backstage literally acting like two excited school children. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I thought it was funny. Um, and these guys are told that uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, Smart, are the number one contenders. And Smart, I only have one question for you. And it's only one word. How? Well, actually, as a matter of fact, to answer that question, they had a pre-show match. Oh! And they won the pre-show match. This was a pre-show for New York because they had two different pre-show matches. Oh, okay. The, one, the first night was uh, Zoe Stark and uh, what's it, Girl at the Thighs, Tony Storm. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to hit YouTube after this show. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, there was that one. And then they, uh, the next night, it was, they ended up winning a tag team match for the number one contenderships. And now Dane and Maverick are the number one contenders. And there you are. All right. They haven't won a match in months. Win one match. And there you go. It's like, uh, it's like magic. <laughs> Pretty uh, much, yes. Oh, oh, oh. It's magic. Never believe it's not so. I still say he says my dick in that song. But anyway. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's my dick. You know. There you go. Heck, I can see that. I mean, it's a wand of a sort. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you never heard the, uh, the, 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 the Patreon show me and Gene did on the old uh, misheard lyrics, I guess. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I've got so I it. think this was uh, during the time when I had sort of vanished on the face of the apron. Ah, I, I still have that. Maybe one night I'll uh, I'll dig that up and we'll go through it a little bit. You know, in in you know, we'll we'll cut it up and go through it. Um, but anyway, smart. Um, we get the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match after this. Now, smart. This is one match me and you completely disagreed on, and you were right. And I won. You were, sir. You picked Shotzi and Ember to go ahead and retain. I thought they were going to do the whole drape the whole drape the way in gold, um, but uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, Shotzi and Ember did retain. Really good competitive match. Good spots from pretty much all the women in this match, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I think so too. I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, one thing that sticks out, yeah, it's kind of shitty for me to say that I enjoyed it. They'd be like, well, here's the one thing. Did you see that dive that Shotzi did? She oh. basically just completely, I felt I felt bad for her. I was glad she was okay, but she completely overshot both of her mm. opponents. And, like, they tried to catch her, but she just straight up just kind of ass over tea kettle, went over them and just landed hard on the floor. I was glad she was her. And just got up like nothing happened, man. Mm-hmm. Tough yeah. chick. By the way, I really like I, I I did like the pigtails. I just want to say, yeah, pigtails are nice. Wasn't in my notes, but something I remembered. Ooh, wow, she's <laughs> she's she's a she's a pretty girl, man. She really is. Um, but uh, like I said, good match and um, smart. You you got me on that one, man. You got me. Uh, yes, she actually also. Uh, this is like new as of like eight o'clock today. She released a music video. Mm. Um. 
it's her, Scarlet, and somebody else that's in like NXT, but I was not terribly familiar with. So I really can't tell who that was. But yeah, so that just came out. So I haven't had the chance to listen to it because we were watching SmackDown, of course. But there you go. If you can dig that up, uh, you know where to post it. Let me know if you do. Um, yeah, yeah, if you want to dig that up. Now, Smart, this is another thing that kind of just. I, I This is something I usually wouldn't take a note on, but I had to. They were. They, after this, they panned over to uh, Gable Stevenson, who's an uh, Olympian and all that stuff. I, I believe an Olympic wrestler, right? Yeah, that's what they Right. Stephanie sat there for probably two minutes clapping with the phoniest, awful grin I've ever seen while clapping. <laughs> did you feel as uncomfortable as I did during this segment? This little, I, I, even Gable was kind of sitting there like, can you, can you get the camera off me? And can you stop this white girl from smiling at me like this? I'm creeped out. I was creeped out. We were both creeped out, Gable. Okay. <laughs> she just like, it reminded me of, I mean, like kind of being disingenuous as a big part of brand as it were. So that's not necessarily a surprise, but it reminded me of that, like, just a traditional teen family comedy where it's like the mom that's still trying to be hip and she's like dancing and she knows like the words to the newest hit popular song, but she has like no rhythm. The daughter's embarrassed and she's like singing and dancing when she's like picking her up from school or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and, and like I said, this is something I usually wouldn't even take a note on, but I literally felt uncomfortable. <laughs> I am pouring water. But I noticed I, it too. I noticed it was it was cheesy. I didn't quite have the as adverse of a reaction to it as you did, but yeah, it was not necessarily. Correct. Dude, go back and look at the guy's face. He wanted the, he wanted the camera off him so bad. I promise. And you. they left it on him a long time too. That I know. Happen. And and again, I, I I watched today. I'm I'm listen. Full disclosure: I downloaded the show and watched it. So, but it, it was like, oh my god, stop. Look at the guy. He's ready for the camera to be fucking off of him. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. I, I love when they do that. I love it because that happens like all the time at like wrestling or sporting events where they just like leave a camera on a celebrity for far too long. And it's just like, uh, what do you want me to do? Like they smile or wave or whatever for like a couple seconds. And then it's just like, can you leave me alone? I'm trying to eat my popcorn. Ah, I'm just trying to figure out why uh, Sasha Baron Corbin is um, and you are singing Take On Me. I, he, uh, I, I don't know either, but he I noticed that that kept being entered into the chat room. So I figured I'd play ball and fucking a little bit of aha for you. Take on me. Take me. on me. Take me. Oh, God. All right. When we start singing, we're going too far. Let's just stop. That's right. You can you I, can hear the shark being jumped. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna apologize to everyone right now. Um, Jesus Christ! If I had a motorcycle, I would literally jump a shark right now. Ah, uh, <laughs> boy. I've been. You, you know, it's funny. I've been actually thinking about getting a bike to go to work. I'm only 15 minutes from the job, and just got to figure out how I'm gonna get the kid to school <laughs> without everyone looking at me like you're a dangerous, awful father. I could just wrap. I, what I could do is just wrap them in bubble wrap every morning. 
And then, you know, I mean, you know, obviously I'm in the packaging business and then bring them to school on the front of the bike and just, you know, maybe, maybe just, 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 just unroll them when I get there. Maybe, maybe that'll. <laughs> like you're rolling out a red carpet almost. I like it. All right, kid to the left. Go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Those ballet lessons are paying off. Here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, FYI, I did come across that video and I sent it your way. Oh. So there you go. Ah, there we go. Dustin messaged you. All right. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. Um, that right. actually happens quite a bit. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and... Um, yeah, why not? Let's go ahead and play this now. This was Shotzi, Harley... Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux, Shotzi, and Harley Cameron. So let mm-hmm. me get this loaded up. Hopefully we don't get any lag on it. Now I can say I have not heard this or seen this, so if it's bad, this is not my fault. It's called Indestructible, the official yes. music video. If it locks up, just give me a minute. Oh, 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 wow. Oiled breasts. <laughs> They're all three just kind of sitting in chairs back to back. Harley is like even Marie plus Scarlet. You will never make it, but who says that rough season meant for sailing? Find your own way. Don't let the waves take you under. Bring on the storm, cause I'm a copyright either way but uh i'll tell you not what i expected but yeah i'll tell you that um that harley cameron is like what they really thought eve marie could be she's got the red hair um and a lot more stacked i'll just say that <laughs> so first portfolio as it were i would expect her to be very 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 prominent soon is all i'm saying um <clears throat> let's just leave it at that but uh not not what i expected but not bad i kind of like it actually nice uh not yeah uh, no it's it's not bad at all actually I, I'm, I'm surprised i thought it would be something that we could laugh at but it's actually pretty good yeah actually really good so we'll uh I don't know, see what happens with that. But like I said, that, uh, that one girl I definitely see being pretty, pretty prominent, pretty prominent. So sensible Sam, sorry, you can't, you can't get it, but, uh, just, you know, go back to the chat later. Um, you really, you can't access the link in the chat. There's a way to get uh, there. She's on the mobile. Yeah. There's a way to get to the, uh, well, I mean, if she's in the chat, she should be able to just click the link, but uh, anyway, she'll miss the show. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> save it for later um all right we'll get back to nxt takeover here we get uh the bronson reed johnny gargano match here smart 
Um, well, we both got this one right because we both figured Johnny Gargano was going to win this one, keep the gold. And he did. Uh, nice entrance for Johnny with the uh, the Iron Man vest. I liked it. Um, Theory's down there. Theory, I, I thought Theory was going to be a bigger part of this match, but really he was basically like not even a part at all. No, not really. I mean, he caused a momentary distraction, but that was about it. Yeah, really, that was about it. Um, I felt this was kind of the classic big man versus the the smaller underdog match. Uh, Gargano really concentrated on the ribs, the, the left ribs, actually, of uh, Bronson Reed. But I got to tell you, Bronson's selling submission moves to Gargano did look a little ridiculous. You think? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, what it kind of reminded me of is kind of becoming Gargano's specialty. Is like he does, I think he does a good job of working with Big Man. Because it reminded me a lot of his match with Keith Lee or his feud with Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And he, he does a good job of selling for their moves, but then also not looking like he's out of his element or he's out of his depth. Like he actually looks for the most part like he can compete with these bigger guys, which he's going to need if he goes. Elsewhere, he goes wrong, goes smack up. Uh, compete, yeah, but getting him in... I mean, submission moves are like... Just... Just doesn't seem right for a guy the size of Reed to even let a a guy the size of Gargano... And, and obviously, you know, not real, but... To even let him put him in submission moves. It's just... It, it didn't look right. It, I mean, it looked like Johnny Gargano was putting a fucking elephant, a elephant in a goddamn submission move. I know Reed's not that big. I'm not trying to. Jesus Christ, leave me alone. I'm just saying. It, it, it I'm just saying. You know, it just didn't look right to me. Just didn't look right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough situation to be in though, too, because like you don't necessarily want him to do like power moves against somebody like you know Bronson Reed. So it, it wouldn't look convincing if he was like suplexing them and throwing them around either. So it's like. Submission moves are kind of the best of, you know, potential outcome for that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, just my opinion on that little spot right there. But um, Gargano did win this match. um, And uh, I thought it was hilarious watching Theory carry out Johnny Gargano on his shoulders like like I do with my children. (laughs) Again. You've got like this guy who acts like a little kid putting this gigantic man in submission moves. It just doesn't make sense. See what I'm saying, yeah. Mark? Yeah, I, I can. I mean, I see where you're coming from. Right. Like I, this is again just one of those things where it, it didn't necessarily take me out of it as much as it, it might have taken you out of it. It's just kind of one of those things. No, I, you know, I, it didn't take me out of it. It was still a really good match between these guys. It just. Sometimes, I mean, when you got this this giant guy on the ground and you got this little guy on him and literally the guy is three times his size and you're like, just crawl to the ropes, man. Stand up and knock this guy. You know you can just stand. You know you, know you can, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I see your comment. Yeah, I've had a few shots already. Calm down. Um, 
You guys are just all a bunch of heathens. We're talking about illicit drug use. We're talking about alcohol. Look. Just, you know, like, we're, we're not going to get this Coca-Cola sponsorship that I've been working so hard for. Listen, I'm home. I'm doing it where I'm supposed to be, okay? I'm not <laughs> driving. I'm not driving anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm home. I'm, what the fuck? Um, it used to be a family place. <laughs> My family's here. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> It's still a family place. Um, yeah, whatever. Anywho, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Scarlet Smark. Mm-hmm. Only word I could think to describe Scarlet here, edible. See, and Dirt just said edibles. Edible. That's what Scarlet looked like in, in down here for this match. Just absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get to the match. Right, I think Dirk was a fan of this because he sent me a gif of her entrance. So I think it was a thumbs up from Dirk. There you go. There you go. That's always good shit right there. Now, you know, you you get the entrance, obviously, for uh, Karrion Cross, which, once again, I cannot wait until there's a ton of fans in there to see this entrance. Um, I think it's going to be very, very good to see. Um and, uh, and, and of course, you know, you got Balor coming out. And, I mean, no one could pull a fucking jacket lapel like Finn Balor. Uh, he had a big red X on his chest. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they even really explained what that was for on the commentary. Yeah, either. I guess it was his way of symbolizing he was a marked man or whatever. But they were just like, they didn't even really say that much. They were just like, oh. Finn drew an X on his chest. So well, I, and I noticed the X was more to the left over the side of the heart. Uh, it, it, whatever. Whatever. It's like, oh, look, I still got a little demon left in me. Oh, shut the fuck up. Fucking leprechaun. <laughs> Goddamn leprechaun. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, there you have it. There you go. Then, you know, match started out with a little test of strength between the guys. And then it kind of ended up with them just laughing at each other as they're doing moves on each other, you know, one would do this big move and they'd laugh. And then, you know, the other one would do the same thing, but it was a good match between these guys. They beat the hell out of each other's mark. As far as I'm concerned, long match though, but I think it should have been, I don't know about you, but I think it should have been as long as it was. This is like, I'm probably in the minority here. I actually kind of, didn't necessarily so much enjoy this one. Like, it wasn't bad, but it just seemed like it was like a match you could see, like, on team. It just didn't really feel like necessarily a takeover quality match. And, like, they set up the story on commentary that, you know, the longer the match goes, the more prone that, you know, Balor is going to potentially be the one that has, that's his strong suit. You know, Cross being weaker because he's more of a built guy, so he has, it's harder for him to, Keep his muscles flowing and this all this kind of stuff but like it never really seemed like it played out there was never really a big like moment like a big spot a big move that kind of made things feel different mm-hmm. like especially in comparison to like you know, we just got done talking about that ladder match and the match we're going to talk about next where there were just like these big moves that just made it feel like special and important like it was a big time pay-per-view takeover type match i just don't think we got that here yeah you know i i I can't disagree with you there. Um, but, I mean, I... Wow. 
trying to think of where to even how could I even counter that? And I got to tell you, I don't think I can. Um, Like I said, it wasn't bad. It just it just felt kind of like an ordinary like you could see it on regular NXT television. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There wasn't I mean, there wasn't the big spots that, you know, you used to see in Finn Balor do it. It was a good story told in the ring. But uh, I, I, I can see where you're going. It, it just, you know, it didn't have those huge, oh, spots a lot of times. Cross just kind of did what he did, you know, did what he does and just kind of played the, the the big guy that's got to beat the shit out of you. Balor did his thing, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. Smiled I, I, a lot. Oh, well, Balor, dude. Come on, man. Like, I mean, literally, that was a part of the match was he kept smiling to prove that he wasn't afraid of him. Yeah. But then it just never really went anywhere from that. There, there was a cool, I will say this, to just not completely be negative and be bitching and whining a moment at the time. I like how Cross countered the pinfall into, like, the straitjacket, like most scenes. Mm. He, the, the little, like, float over or whatever was real nice. I'll give him credit on that one. Right. And, and, you know, this is something that me and you talked about Wednesday that, when we did predictions that Balor really hasn't moved that needle, it's not going to hurt to put it on someone else and see if they do. Right. You know, and especially, you know what, let's just go ahead and do this right now. Go ahead and bring up these ratings real quick. Um, you know, and obviously this NXT did bring in some great ratings for, you know, these guys, once again, this is their last show that they're going to be doing, um, you know, before they go to Tuesdays. And I just want to bring this up just to remind everyone this show, this first night, oh, the first night was um, broadcast on uh, Peacock also. Right. And NXT still outdid AEW 688 to 768. Pretty good shit right there, man. Yeah. Pretty sizable, too, because, like, normally when they won in the past for, like, uh, Great American Bash, I think it was. That they mm-hmm. did. I'm trying to remember because one did Bash the Beach, one did Great American Bash. But uh, Great American Bash, Halloween Havoc was another one that they won the quote-unquote ratings war that week. And just normally when they do win, they win cut by a kind of a thin margin, but this time it was pretty decisive. Yeah, most definitely. So just throw that in there real quick and we'll go ahead and um, but yeah, like I said, you know, cross isn't moving. the. Ne- it, it, it's not going to hurt to throw it on another guy and see if they can move the needle, especially right. with them. being. It's a hot act. What? Yeah, he is. Well, I was going to say it's a hot act. I mean, his you know, the whole entrance is intriguing. They got sort of a, a mysterious aura about them where you're not quite sure what it's about, what they're about. But you know that they're up to something sinister. And then, of course, like you said, and I said, and just kind of everybody thinks and notices, you know, obviously having Scarlet with them adds to the intrigue. Yeah, and I know it's a little weird that I brought that up there, but I was just bringing it up because, you know, them going to Tuesdays now with Karrion Cross being the champion instead of Finn Balor, I think that might keep them in that good range of the sevens to eights. And both of... Both the shows should be in the sevens to eight range every week. If they're not, man, I don't even know what to tell you at that point. So, I like I said, I know it seemed a little weird. I brought it up there. And yeah, I've had a few shots. But anyway, 
I think I brought it back to why I did. <laughs> there you have. I think I might not have. Who knows? Um, anywho, let's get to this main event. Yes. Uh, because holy shit. Um, so the main event is O'Reilly versus Cole, this uh, unsanctioned match. I got to say, I, I appreciate at least the fact that for an unsanctioned match, they decided to put the referee in just a plain black shirt. So at least it had some sort of, I don't know, remnants of a unsanctioned match that not allowed to be happening. But this match started, Smart, with about 50 minutes left in the show. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I was I had told you and I would just go ahead and be to full disclosure. everyone. I watched the show twice because when I watched it live, I had a hard time staying awake because I woke up super early that day. So I watched the uh, cross match, the championship match, and then the match was over. And it, like I looked and it was like 930 or something mm-hmm. like it, there was still quite a bit of time. And I was like, well, what the hell is le- like, what's going on? What are they doing? Are they ending early? And then sure enough, you know, I was like, oh, I had forgotten about that match. And so they ended up starting with quite a bit of time. I am curious what to see what, what you're going to think about it. And because I, the common thing is I've actually seen a lot of complaints. Like Derek's saying here, too long of a match. I heard uh, good old Alvarez going on about how he thought it was a very underwhelming and that it underdelivered and that it was just way too long, like unnecessarily long. Hmm. Um, unnecessarily long. I could see some, I, I could see that, but I, Dude, for all they put into this match, I, I'm i not sure I completely agree with that. Um, right. Basically, when I saw there was this much left in the match, I, I got to be honest with you. I was watching this at work. I had a kind of a slow day today. I went. I had some Slim Jims in my drawer. I grabbed me a, 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 a drink, filled my water, and a Slim Jim, and prepared myself for this match. Now, I'm, first thing, both guys had new music. Mm-hmm. Generic as fuck, but new music, and, yeah. you know, to say the least. <laughs> so, but I mean, dude, we got fucking chair shots. We got chains. We got choking with chains. We got stairs, wrenches, pipe wrenches, low blows. A guy got put through a fucking metal stage. A guy got put through the bottom of the fucking stage. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we had guys fighting in chairs. And, I mean, it, it it really too long for all that? Yeah, I, I don't at all agree with the assessment. Basically, the argument was that it was one of those where they made it long so that people would say it was a good match. Cause like, and I do agree with this philosophy that there's a lot of times where people will just say that the match is good if the match is too long, even if it's just a lot of, like, just boring, (laughs) you know, like, really slow-paced, slow-paced, words are hard sometimes, (laughs) slow-paced plotting type stuff. But I don't think this was something that was long just for the sake of being long. This was the culmination of a story that they've been telling for, like, three years or so. Like, they put a lot of effort into the Undisputed Era, they made sure that they were, you know, look strong almost the entire duration of their run as a right. faction. And now you have the sort of top two members going at each other. 
So it makes sense that they're going to have this long drawn out battle because it's a matter of pride. You know, neither one wants to give in to the other. So they're going to be fighting for a long time. They're going to be going through all these you know, tremendously devastating looking spots. And so it's just like, it's not just a matter of like you have say Adam Cole versus Kushida and they have a two hour match. Mm, like, right. I would be like, what the fuck to that? But yeah, this, <laughs> there's actual reason why they're going at each other for the amount of time that they went at each other before. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there, there was 15 minutes left when it started, but they had the entrance for both of them. Like I said, new music and shit. So we were down to a probably about, but by the time they did the, you know, entrance and the uh, introductions we we're probably down to about a 40 40 I mean, you know what let me i should probably jump on uh how long exactly was that match let me jump on wiki real quick type in uh, the old nxt stand and deliver and uh, let me see exactly how long that match lasted here right here to wiki give me one sec guys thanks for working with me night two <laughs> night two that match lasted, it was 40 minutes and 19 seconds. For all we saw in that match, I, I, I don't agree with Alvarez at all. I really think that this match did its job. These guys did everything but slice each other open and have a death match. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, dude, I got to tell you, I, I had to calm down after this fucking match. There was an intensity sure. that this match that needed to happen. Kyle O'Reilly needed and deserved to win this fucking match after the you know the the whole thing that went on. Um, I think I see Cole coming up to the main roster soon. Which good luck to him in the middle yeah. of what I mean. You really don't have a gimmick, dude. So. Happy loss in the shuffle to you. Um, and O'Reilly, I think, is going to be a... Uh, I got to tell you, you look at Balor, you look at O'Reilly, I kind of see the same kind of progression. And I, I I, just think he could be that that face of NXT also. Potentially, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you're not wrong with the Cole thing, but it just all depends on whether or not he comes up when there's fame. Because he doesn't necessarily have a gimmick per, per se, but he has a lot of interactive opportunities for the fans to chant his catchphrases and whatnot. And sometimes you can get by on that for a pretty long time. Yeah, but that's great. But what are you going to do? Go out there and have a good match? You know how many guys can go out there and do that now in 2021? This isn't fucking... Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, this isn't the 90s, you know, the, the, the mid-90s where... Having that five-star match is going to get you over. No one gives a fuck anymore, man. I'm sorry. We see him. It's dime a dozen at this point. And I'm going to tell oh, no, you. I've said the same exact thing oh, yeah. a, a couple of times. And the only thing I will say about that is sometimes it's just a hard guessing game to play. Because mm-hmm. I know I said, I think you said, a lot of people said that like EC3 was going to do great. Because he was exactly what they wanted. He did not do great by any stretch of the imagination. So it's just hard to tell sometimes what it is that Vince wants. His whims change so often. I'm telling you, man. Vince, someone said, hey, you're, you, wait a minute. You don't remember this guy? This was Derek Bateman. And he went, I remember. Okay. <laughs> Him and Caitlin, Which, I remember. 
which I definitely picture him like rubbing his knuckles together when he says that. <laughs> it's like an evil villain just sitting there in like one of those swiveled chairs with like a cat on his lap, like fucking Dr. Claw from Spectre Gadget. It's like, oh, I remember him. Thought we got rid of this fucking guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You mean the C stands for Carter? Huh. Where have I heard that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I, yeah, uh, EC3 was in that twenty four seven purgatory. They should have left him in NXT. They should have left him. They sh- just should have left him. But uh, anyway, um, I, I don't know, man. I I thought that that fucking main event really wrapped up that show good, and I thought it wrapped up the whole takeover stand and deliver well. And uh, I don't know, man. I I I I don't have the complaints that I, I and I didn't see that on online as much as I guess you did. I guess I follow different people, but I thought they fucking tore the fucking house down, man. I agree, and it's not a thing where it was just like it was like side headlock for twenty minutes and then another side headlock for twenty minutes. Like it, everything, there was a good pace to it. Like one thing led to the next thing. They they were constantly setting up what the next big move, the next big moment was going to be. There was never a significant lull in the action. It felt like right. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I see our chat room kind of agreeing with us that uh, Cole will be in trouble on the main roster. So I'm deep down hoping he has a little more time in NXT until. Not only I think, and Smart, you mentioned fans being back. I think not only fans being back, but I think fans being back for a little while might even be a little more advantageous towards him, if you will. Sure. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do with him from here. But, I mean, there's nowhere else to go. If they even, I'm going to tell you now, if they even try to continue this feud, fuck NXT because this feud has nowhere to go from here. Nowhere. Right. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, absolutely nowhere. So but um I guess as a just kind of overall, uh both nights, what did uh what did you think? I kind of just gave my little thing on it. What did you think? I'd give it a thumbs up. I would say I'd probably give the edge to night one a little bit more so than night two. Mm. Night two was still good, but I think just night one I kind of think the fact that they had that kind of strict two hour timeline almost worked in their favor. Because there was like no fluff. It was just bang, 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 bang. Just one thing after the other and everything was good. <laughs> You're more of a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, I got you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And But, but I, I I don't disagree, though. You're right. I think that uh, that two-hour window was a definitely a plus to them. But, again, I obviously, this match wrapping up the second night, that you know, the match we just talked about um, with Cole, and... Um, I, I think it needed the time, and I'm glad they did it. So, I don't know. Enjoyed both nights, man. Thought it was a uh, definitely a great show. As usual, takeovers always, no pun intended, or maybe a little bit, deliver. So, yeah. there you go. All right, now SmackDown was tonight, and, uh, you know, like I said, I think Smart said it 100% best. No way I could even... Uh, you know, make it any better. This was an infomercial, which I guess it should have been. Definitely. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and I'm not going match by match, to be honest with you. There weren't many matches, and I've only got like seven little things I'm just going to kind of touch on a little bit. We're going to knock this out, and then we're going to get into news and 
predictions. So, you know, um, obviously, for the last few weeks, we've got Daniel Bryan out on SmackDown first, and this week was no different. He's excited about WrestleMania, but more excited about live crowds, and I'm not sure if he's more excited or we are, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit of a surreal moment to see so many people in the crowd after. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, after, you know, a little over a year of this whole pandemic thing and what, oh my God, how long? I mean, it's been a year, over a year since they've been doing no crowds. So going to be a little bit weird, but going to be also really, really nice to see a little, little shock to the system there. <laughs> see what I did there? See? I'm a little curious to see how they're going to do it. Like if they're going to incorporate it with like some of the Thunderdome screens to sort of make it look less segmented because obviously they're going to hopefully practice social distancing. Mm. So like you're not going to have people on top of each other and I don't think that they're going to let there be like just open gaps in spaces. So I'm well, curious to see how they do that. Well, I mean, remember it's a 70, it seats 75,000 at max capacity. Usually after they do the ring and everything for WrestleMania, that usually cuts down a little bit of it right there. And they're only allowed a third, which is 25,000 people. 25,000 people is still going to be good. I don't trust me. There's not going to be any Thunderdome screens or anything. That would be ridiculous to set all those things up. I mean, you know what? Uh, There could be some around the ring. Maybe they set up a couple, but I don't see it happening. I think they're going live crowd this time. Um, I haven't heard anyone saying that they're doing any sort of like Thunderdome-ish. We got, you know, screens or anything. So 25,000 people, though, a third, which is going to be even more because, like I said, once uh, they've shown pictures of the arena, it's a pretty elaborate setup. And I think they made it big and elaborate to take up even more room in the arena to cut seats down. So I think it'll still be good. And like I said, it's just going to be it's going to be nice to hear and feel a crowd at WrestleMania. And let's face it, man, the last I mean, last year, I'm not saying it was a bad show, but. That was just not a WrestleMania, you know, no, it it felt very different. And I mean, it was, but there were only a couple of weeks at that point into, you know, doing the during the pandemic. Right. So they were still trying to figure out what it is, how they wanted to, you know, present their shows mm-hmm. so they they hadn't really figured themselves out yet in that regard so yeah it, it didn't feel like a WrestleMania. i will agree with them yeah so this year i think they're gonna just do what they can to make it feel a little more mania ish and um i don't know i mean come on tomorrow we're gonna see what it all feels like and uh i don't know man this this i'm not gonna say this show got me pumped but I don't know. It's starting to feel, finally starting to feel like WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the thing. We were talking, uh, SBC and we were talking about this in the chat a couple weeks ago, whatever. The build hasn't necessarily been what people might have hoped for. It doesn't necessarily feel like the WrestleMania build. Mm. Some of the build, some of the builds for some of the matches weren't exactly great. But the card, if you just look at the card, there's a lot of fun matches on there. There's a lot of interesting opportunities right. for like potential match of the night and even you know a match of the year contenders if they give them time and opportunity so the, the, like the build not perfect but i think both shows are going to be a lot of fun for both nights 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely is going to be. But uh, And, you know, it, it seems like they've had Daniel Bryan just kind of being that WrestleMania hype guy for the past, I don't know, what, six weeks, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And he's not at all bad at it. Um, but I, I I did like this promo by uh, by Daniel Bryan here after he put over WrestleMania and got everyone excited. I, I just liked how he was saying, no, everyone tells me I can't do this, I can't do that, but I say I can. And uh thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool little promo by him. Um, not much of a different promo. Promos are starting to run together with people. I don't know why it's happening with me. <laughs> but like I said, though, it's also been six six weeks pretty much of Daniel Bryan coming out and hyping up Mania. So I don't know. But I still liked it. What about you? I agree with that. I just, I mean, it's kind of more the same same story that they've been telling with him, and I, I like the story. But just that he refuses to give up. He refuses to let others dictate his life, his career, what have you. They say that he can't, and he just goes out and does it. So you know, I liked it. I enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, again, I'm not doing every segment here. Um, the next little thing I've got here is the Street Profits versus, uh, it was actually a four-way tag team match. It was Street Profits versus Ziggler and Rude, uh, Dominic and his dad, and Gable and Otis. Yes, I'm going to keep calling it Dominic and his dad. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's what it is. <laughs> I feel like they're missing out on the opportunity to call them Dose Mysterio. Because, <laughs> I mean, they had, for a while, they had Los Guerreros with ID uh, and Chavo, of course, but you have two Mysterio family members. You just go ahead and call them Dose Mysterios. Uh, only if they get the Dos Equis uh, <laughs> advertisement. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but they did because they had with the Royal Rumble, you had uh, Ray come out with uh, Victoria Beer. Oh, you're right. You're right. We talked about that. We talked about that. You're right. He did come out with the old Victoria Beer. So uh, Dos Equis would have sounded much better with the Dos Mysterios. Mm-hmm. I well, I do agree, but they they unfortunately they missed the boat. They should have should have bid a few extra coins. Well, fuck it. Let's call them Dos Mysterios. And st- I, I mean, I get it's probably better than Dominic and his dad. Although I like Dominic and his dad. It's kind of. I like Dominic and his dad too, but it makes him seem like a little bitch. Where it's like, oh, did your dad drive you here? That's so cute. Well, when Ray is literally getting piggybacked to the ring by his son. What else do you call it? Dominic and his dad. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know. Just, this is true. This is true. Kind of the way it goes. Um, and I, I only took a note on this match. I really actually thought about not even doing it, but I'm sitting there. I'm watching this match, and I'm like, this is for the tag titles, right? And I'm going, does anyone expect them to change fucking titles the night before fucking WrestleMania starts? Seriously? Why do we actually, even... Yeah. Because they're not, they're not having a title match. I know, but... They're not defending the SmackDown titles on the show. And they had spent so much time building this up as almost being, like, WrestleMania, like, 0.5. Like, it was, like, the beginning of the... Like, it was almost like a pre-show. They were kind of trying to build it up as... And it just seemed like it was going to be the opportunity where... Like, kind of a feel-good moment of having, you know, Ray and his son win or... Dominic and his dad, depending on who you are and how you want to phrase it. I thought for sure that's what was going to end up happening. I honestly, t- to their credit, I mean, they kind of swerved me at least because I thought that 
Ziggler and Rude were like the least likely team to win. Oh, see, in no way did I think they were losing these fucking titles tonight. No way. I'm sorry. I've seen a couple of predictions that were saying they thought Ray and Dominic were going to win. I was kind of hoping for uh, Gable and Otis because I just like that pairing and I figured they could do something with those belts, but was not to be. Yeah, I, I, I honestly never once thought that they were going to fucking win. Uh, super Sasha Baron Corbin in here says uh, Mysterio and his uh, son should have won, or Dominic and his dad, as I say. You always got to fucking do things backwards to me, don't you, dude? God damn you. <laughs> he stands in stark opposition. I I will say to kind of to, to you know full disclosure, I, I may or may not send him a dollar or two every now and again. Just kind of keep that creative fire stoked. There you, you work go. Better when you're upset. There you go. Just needle me. I ah, appreciate it. Nah, you got a little Patreon going there, Mark. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not my fault that you know the guy that you paid to kind of rile me up. Old Antox doesn't show up as much as he used to. <laughs> He did that for free, uh, <laughs> and I appreciated it every moment of it. It was a public service. Uh huh. Uh huh. Absolutely. But um, anyway, we'll just uh, we'll just get past that. But I don't know. Like I said, I never thought they were losing one for one second. Um, now we get this little thing a little while into the show with uh, Biggie. He's in a barber shop doing this little uh, video promo, and then he's outside and he's in Tampa and. I miss Florida a little bit, Smart. <laughs> I really did. I I started missing Florida a little bit. Um, but I, I got it was kind of a double as like a Florida tourism bag. Uh, it was uh, kind of making it was kind of selling me on it too. But it, it it did look nice out there. Now I'm gonna say this one more fucking time. Biggie is gonna be big money for this company. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, if if they Get the fucking balls to pull the trigger on this guy and let him just go out there and be him and put that goddamn fucking title on him, that, that, that fucking championship. I'm telling you, money, 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 money. That guy will be printing money for WWE as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I'm going oh. to post in the mix. I do agree, and I don't want to take away. It was a good promo. I enjoyed it. And I think I think it's the beginning of something, no pun intended, big for him because I do think he's a very marketable single star. And I just like the idea of him kind of explaining the significance of the town it being his town, his barber shop. His, you know, he played football, the high school all star game. He was saying in the Raymond James Stadium, so he's like familiar with the area. It's it's important for him to win on his turf, which almost makes me want to pick against him. Mm. <laughs> because I know that that's how WWE likes to do things. So you'll lose in your hometown special. But what I was snickering at while you were reading was I was trying to remember the name of the barber. And I, I looked on Twitter to see if I could find it. And somebody posted a photo of Big E in the barber, ch- in the barber chair. And then from the same promo, him walking around you know, by the by the water. And he has an une like his lineup on the back of his neck is uneven, and they print. You are literally in the fucking barbershop. He might have done that before the barbershop. Yes, it might have not been shown sequentially. <sighs> you people, see what I mean by just toxic assholes. It is funny though because it is pretty uneven. I didn't notice it, but it, it it gives me a nice little snicker. My 
God. Fucking picky little bitches. Anyway, uh, Wale, by the way, they announced will be uh, performing smart. Not, uh, not really up on the old Wale, but you may be more than me. Yeah, he's a, he's a big, essentially a big wrestling fan. He used to do like a little like kind of party. It was like during WrestleMania weekend, you'd call out Wally and then he had, he would have different you know wrestlers and whatnot involved. Him and New Day are friends. They've sort of palled around before. So yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's familiar with it all. All right. Nice. Very nice. Um, and, you know, we had the Randy Alexa, the theme thing that just kind of showed everything going on. I've really got nothing to, nothing to really add on to that. Just kind of bringing it up. Just again, I, I just like the whole evolution of this fiend character. But we'll see what happens with that. We're going to make predictions. Pre, pre, pro what? Predictions. That's what we're going to make, Mark. You know, we'll, we'll do it after this, actually, for WrestleMania. I will say real quick, if we're going to shoehorn some stuff in, if we're talking about just segments from the show, <laughs> graceful transition. If we're talking about shows or stuff from the show that we liked, what I particularly liked, I don't know if you caught it because it was, it was kind of short, but did you see the sort of spoof politician ad that Seth Rollins put out about Cesaro? I, I, I caught a little bit of it. I, I got me and the wife were pouring a shot. It, it was awesome. It was because it was like it was exactly the this candidate wants you to believe, but actually, so you you get this like these like black and white sort of unflattering photos of Cesaro, and you get Seth Rollins in the background going, Cesaro has never had a WrestleMania singles match, let alone win the Universal title. Seth Rollins had several epic WrestleMania moments. Is, is Cesaro the one you want to lead your kids? I was like, I didn't even know I had kids, but this is such a shocking development. And then you have, like, at the very end is, like, you have Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins narrates the video package all the whole time, but at the very end you have him going, this video was paid for by friends of Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins himself had no involvement in this proceedings. <laughs> So I was just like, this is great. Like, this is probably one of the better things that he's done character-wise. And it was like a two-minute video page. That's funny. That is some funny shit right there. I like that. I wish I had, I wish I had concentrated on that now. I'll, I'm sure I could find it on YouTube. I'll check yeah, it's it. pretty fun. I like it. I can actually watch it tomorrow. Um, but uh, we got Naya coming out with Shayna and Reginald. Tamina came out with Natalia. Um, and they had a match. It was uh, actually Naya and Tamina. Um, Shayna caused a DQ in this match, and I got to tell you, I think the whole point of this match, Mark, I don't know if you agree, but they had Tamina kind of being the bully to Naya in this match and kind of dominating. I believe we're setting up for a Tamina push here. Could be. I mean, they've, they've been seeing like they're trying to get behind the team of her and Natalia mm-hmm. more and more because they've, they've been making them look pretty solid or about as well as they make anybody in that division look. <laughs> so, right. And they had the next, you know, the segment backstage where they basically took out everyone that's going to be in the little, uh, the little tag team turmoil that they've got going on. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, well, uh, I, I think we're setting up for another. To a, a Tamina push is all I'm saying. Perhaps, maybe a little bit of bad timing with uh, the next season of 
Dark Side of the Rain, spoiler alert, coming up soon. <laughs> but, hey, you know, it is what it is. Well, that might even be why they're doing it. You never know. And any publicity is good publicity. Right? Isn't that what they say? That's what they say. That's what they say. Uh, and again, to continue the, uh, as Smart put it, infomercial, uh, Edge came out with another intense, passionate promo. Uh, not much different than the last few weeks he's been doing promos. It's kind of just been his thing since he's come back to do these intense and passionate promos. Uh, but I did like him calling Roman a Samoan Edge for just basically stealing all his moves and shit and the, the opportunities and all that stuff. I, I thought that was a funny line. Well, yeah, because he was like, you know, I see that you use the spear. Where did, where did you get that from? Who was using who was using the spear first? And I was like, Gold Bill? Gold Bill Goldberg <laughs> over there? The, the Golden Bill himself? Yeah, just say the Jew out of it. There you go. I see where you're going. Okay. <laughs> I just like calling him Gold Bill. I was having fun with that earlier. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, again, I, I, there was just a lot of things that uh, weren't much different. And I got one more little thing. Obviously, there was only one more thing in SmackDown, Smart. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, also known as the 24-7 crew with a few other guys sprinkled in. Now, we got Jey Uso winning this match, and I think the only person that gave a shit was Roman. Because I got to tell you, I'm watching this match, and when Jay won, I went, meh, all right. I just didn't really give a fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> did did you? Really? I was See? kind of, I was, gonna, I was looking forward to the triumphant return of Tucker, and I don't even know if he was in the match. He was announced for the match, but I didn't see it. I, 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 I know. I... <sighs> But he does look different. They kind of changed his look. I, I gotta tell you, I wasn't. I kind of came in here and got ready for the show during this match. I wasn't really concentrating. Uh, I got, got mixer loaded up and shit. So <laughs> didn't miss too much. I was a little surprised that everybody, all the former Retribution members, still had their Retribution garb. Well, huh? well, you know, I maybe they're gonna. I got a little kick out of. Uh, because they had Cedric and Shelton in the match, too. Mm. And Cedric, they were both wearing the Hurt Business gear, but Cedric was wearing his Hurt Business gear, and he had, like, a black X taped over this, retrib- or not the Retribution, but the Hurt Business logo. And it just <laughs> made me laugh. Because it, like, it works on a kayfabe level, and it also just works on, like, a non-kayfabe, I'm not buying new gear level. Ah, all right, so there you go. So, uh, Super Sasha Baron Corbin says uh, that um, Tucker was the second one thrown out. The silver tights. Huh. There you go. Good eye on that, because I didn't notice at all. But then also, I, I kind of feel bad for him that he was almost immediately thrown out. Apparently, yeah, yeah. There's that. But uh, anyway, like I said, Jey Uso won this match. Mark Roman and Heyman come on down, and we get the Roman promo uh, once again. Just you put it best, infomercial, and that's what it should have been. Coming out there just, you know, talking and saying that he makes people, you know, he turns, you know, basically chicken shit in a chicken salad. And, um, you know, looked at Jay. He's like, Jay, who made you the man you are? And he's like, you, I think. 
Yeah, right. Is that the right answer? You. Yeah, you. So there you go. <laughs> Mind you, that was the first match that he's won in 12 matches. <laughs> so I'm not sure that I would want to take credit for James. <laughs> I And I even, I kind of chuckled a little bit when Roman said, we've got the gold over there to prove it. I'm like, what do you think he's going to fucking carry that trophy down to the fucking ring every time now? Oh, man, he should, like, melt it into, like, you remember when, uh, what's his name? Mo turned heel and he melted the fucking urn, the Undertaker's urn, and made it a necklace. Like, that's what Jey Uso should do. He should, like, make the Andre the Giant Battle Royal trophy into, like, a necklace or a bracelet or something like that. There you go. Oh, big fat chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I could see that happening. That'd be pretty fucking cool right there. So, all right. That was SmackDown. Well, I them credit a little bit for, like, I'm a little surprised that they didn't, like, do a big pull-apart type brawl for the end to, like, the people in the triple threat match. I was kind of surprised that they just closed it on a promo. Like, it was it was kind of a non-conventional way to go about it. It's kind of interesting. I kind of liked it. But it was a Roman promo. It was. They love the Roman. They do love the Roman. They do love the Roman. Um, and on that note, like I said, Smart, let's jump into uh, let's jump into some predictions here. Sure. What do you say? Now, on the predictions, we're going to do only night one because uh, what we're going to do for night two, we're going to jump on a little early during the pre-show with the high marks, and we're going to knock them out with those uh, those guys before the show. We'll uh, kind of on-the-spot predictions, and we'll see where it goes from there. So yeah, that's a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and me and Smart knock out the first night together here of uh, the first seven matches. Both nights have seven matches, kind of like, you know, TakeOver had five matches. This, these two nights have seven matches each right now. And uh, we'll go ahead and knock this out real quick. Now, it was confirmed tonight, Smart, I don't know if you saw it, but it was confirmed that uh, Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair will close main event the first night yes i I did see that yes yep and people are still losing their minds uh now they're saying that bobby lashley and drew mcintyre is going to be the first match out like literally the opener yep interesting i kind of like that's what they're saying that's what i mean it's going to be well, if you think about it, like normally people will scoff and be like, oh, the opener, that's how little they fucking care about, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. But it's going to be the first match out in front of the live crowd. Like, yep. I feel like that was a position that a lot of people wanted to be in. I think you want to start this show as hot as you can. And I'm, I'm, I mean, let's face it, one of the best things on Raw has been not only the Hurt Business, but Bobby Lashley with the Hurt Business. Yes, I agree. So, Definitely. yeah, so if you want to start this show off, and listen, I, I know Drew was champion and shit like that, but I, I, I think if I say that Bobby Lashley was overshadowing Drew McIntyre for most of that time, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic or, 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 or you know, exaggerating. I'd be willing to bet that he gets a bigger pop, honestly. Definitely going to be... Something to see. I and I. It is going to be strange hearing, you know, because they've been able to pipe in what they want. You know, the the reactions they want, they've been able to pipe in. Now they're going back to live reactions. It is going to be. I, 
Dude, I wouldn't be surprised if Drew gets booed. Maybe a little bit. Nah, I, I mean, I would. And and they still, to be fair, they still will. I hate to be a pessimist, but they will still fuck with the fan audio because they have in the past. Yep. But it, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting to see. Oh, like they've been saying a lot on the Observer that they're going to be in for a surprise. Some of the stuff that they think is over huge isn't, and some of the stuff that they don't think is huge over huge is going to be huge. Right. Like I've said, they've been able to manufacture the reactions they want. And uh, manufacturing is going to be shut down this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's right. They're sending. They're, they're resourcing those shows. That's it. They're uh, they're going to be outsourcing at this point. Yeah, so, so that's uh, what I was looking for. Outsourcing. I, I I knew where you were going. That's why I just said it and blew past it. Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and knock out these predictions. So again, rumor going: uh, Bobby Lashley with and versus Drew McIntyre. Singles match, no no stips, no nothing, nothing special for the WWE Championship. Um, You know what, Smart? Go ahead. Okay, and I'm glad. Yeah. Glad you're going for me with this one because I actually have, I have two bold predictions for oh, WrestleMania. Oh. We'll get into the second one a little bit later. Okay. But, because the second one, I'm not sure if it's going to be night one or night two, but I think it's going to happen. But night one, this match, I think that I think Bobby Lashley is going to win because I think that the fact that they're having the women's title match be the main event, I think that's where the title change happens at the good feel good moment. It's going to be, but I think that Bobby Lashley is going to win, and a little bit of a bonus prediction here, I think that he's going to win with the help of Keith Lee, who will be the new member of the Hurt Business. Oh, that is a bold prediction, sir. Thank you. All right, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. That's that's nice. I like that. I do like that. See what happens with that. Um, I definitely agree. Lashley's going to win. I got to. I mean, only reason I think that is because Drew McIntyre, again, ratings for Raw kind of prove what Drew McIntyre can do. And there's been some good buzz with Bobby Lashley being champion right now, so. There is absolutely zero reason to take it off him. So, and I, you know, with MVP coming out and to your, to what you said with Keith Lee, with MVP MVP coming out and Lashley kind of saying that, you know, when Shelton and Cedric came out and were helping him that, oh, you're saying that Bobby Lashley can't win without you and you're making him look weak. I don't know about that whole Keith Lee coming out and helping him. I don't know. I don't know. The way I see it happening is that MVP is going to be ringside with him. He's going to get involved in some way. He's going to get ejected. And then it'll, it'll be that kind of thing where, you know, they kind of swerve you where you think that, you know, Bobby Lashley doesn't have anybody to help him now. So Drew's obviously going to end up picking up the win. And then I don't know how exactly he gets involved. He comes from the back or he comes from the crowd or whatever. But I think he's going to get involved some way, somehow. That's some fantasy book and shit, man. I like it. And just, we haven't seen him in a long time. And he even if he had COVID, which there's been no proof of that, but it's been sort of rumored. Mm. Even if he did hypothetically have COVID, he's been out long enough to that's where that's not a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I, mean, you know, creative must not have anything for him. Oh, God, how can you not have anything for a Keith Lee? All right, so we both agree Bobby Lashley. You've got a little 
a, a lot more detail into how he's going to win than I do. So <laughs> awesome. We'll see what happens tomorrow with that. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus uh, Miz and John Morrison. Singles tag team match. I, I you and I, I think this is an, a, a fucking easy one to, to pick right here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Bunny and Priest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 obvious that it's going to happen after everything that's been going on. So let me hit the highlight on that right there. I do have this so we can save our uh, predictions because we I forget. So there you go. I, I figured we would agree on that one. We get uh, the next match coming up with the new day. That's going to be Kofi and Xavier versus AJ and Omos. First time we're going to see Omos out there doing whatever he can do. So. A lot of uh, little surprises in this match we might get. Um, this is for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. What do you got, Smark? I will say just a little bit of a little extra flavor to this. I, I have seen a lot of reports about how hard Bad Bunny's been working and how he's looking good. He, how they expect to impress people. Kind of what we got from when McAfee did his little thing. Mm -hmm. Conversely, I have not seen anything that has been praising <laughs> Omos, <laughs> so I feel like that might be a bad omen for uh, what it is that he can do, but I, I am very intrigued, I won't lie, and I think I'm just going to go ahead and pick AJ and Omos to win this. All right. Uh, all right. There you go. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that little thing right there with uh, <laughs> with Damian Priest saying that, and you can go ahead and hit that article while you're... Or is that pretty much it? it up here. Or was that pretty much it right there? Well, yeah. I mean, essentially what he was saying is I'll just go ahead and just hit it. Um, is that he's been working multiple times a week with Damian Priest trading and getting ready. And he's you know, basically that he is not looking to be embarrassed. He wants to prove himself, prove his acumen as an actual wrestler. He wants to win over people's respect. So he is very much taking this seriously. Who knows how that'll actually translate when we get there tomorrow, but he has every intent in trying to make this look as good as humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And that uh, that right there, yeah, I mean, that was <clears throat> a uh, interview that uh, Priest I believe did with uh, WFLA out there. So all right. There you go on that. And again, you said you were going with uh, AJ and Omos there on that other match. I don't see why. That's probably the best best bet right there. I think we're going for a little feel-good mania here. So I'm going to go with the same thing. AJ and Omos. Mm -hmm. AJ and Omos. Let me do this. And you're right. Uh, I haven't seen anything on Omos either. But I could also see him keeping it for a surprise. He's been there a little bit longer, so. Um, Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon, steel cage match. You know Braun's got to win. As much as Shane's been just fucking with him and calling him stupid, you know, you know Braun's got to win this match, right? He does have to. It, because he has to, because it makes sense. I don't know if I feel comfortable predicting him with that. Like, I will just go ahead and do it. I think he, I think he'll win. But like, 
it just sometimes that's the way they do things where they make somebody look like a total fucking idiot the entire feud and then they still just lose. I think Shane goes to do some crazy stupid spot. Braun catches him or does something or somehow I, I just that's how I see it playing out. We know Shane's going to do something insane. It's Shane. Oh, absolutely. He's getting out of that cage somehow before the match is over. Or I, I wouldn't doubt if they'd fucking made it a hell in a cell. It could be. Well, I think last time they had a cage match, they made it so it was only like pinfall or submission. Right. And I could see him doing that too here. So they can get out yeah, of that Yeah, because that cage. was the uh, Daniel Bryan Uso match from SmackDown like right. two or three weeks ago. Right. Exactly. So, um, all right. We got three matches left here, Smart. And then a little, 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 little bit of news left. And uh, we've got Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Nothing fancy, just a singles match right here, which I'll tell you the truth when you're kind of going down this card, this match, these two guys could be your fucking sleeper match of the night right here Mm -hmm. on night one. I honestly think it could be. Um, So definitely excited to see this again. I see uh, many a moment. I think uh, Rollins is in this storyline to put over Cesaro. And I think Cesaro is going to win. You know, I, I think this is harder than one might think, honestly, because I, I could see this being a long feud. I could see this going a couple of months. And I think that if they do end up stretching this feud out, I think the way to go is probably through some old fuckery, if I can borrow that term, that Rollins is going to win because then Rollins can continue the narrative that it was like the biggest moment for Cesaro and he couldn't get the job done. So it just kind of continues to piggyback off of him not being able to have the sort of success that he had hoped for. See, I see it opposite of that. I see the fact that Rollins has been pushing that Cesaro's never had that mania moment, that big moment. Seth's going to be the guy that inadvertently gives him that big moment. And, sure, I can also see that. and you could still keep the storyline going with Seth being just totally, totally pissed off that he's ruined his, you know, his mania streak that he's been up on you know, this and that. The storyline can keep going whoever wins the match. But I think if you're but I just think the way it's been played out, Rollins is here to put Cesaro over and give him that mania moment. So who are you going with? I mean, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with Rollins. You're staying with All right. I like it. I like it. We got a few here, but uh, I like that. But since we're this is going to be in the ballpark and we're late to, you'll see where I'm going here with a minute. I'll go ahead and throw in the old bonus prediction. Not positive that it'll happen night one, but I am pretty certain that it's going to happen because there's just been a lot of ballyhoo about Bailey not having a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that she's in the commercial. Still, they haven't edited her out of the commercial, so I think that it's sort of a little bit of a red herring that she doesn't have a match. So I think what happens is that she comes out, she cuts this promo talking about how long she was the women's champion and how great her run was and how it's just basically a whole mess of bullshit, which I hope she uses that exact term, that it's a whole mess of bullshit that she doesn't get at WrestleMania. She throws out an open challenge, and I'm predicting that that will be the return of Becky Lynch. Yeah, Becky Lynch put out a tweet tonight with her working out, a little ominous tweet, and in her words, it spelled out night one. 
which makes me very scared to predict that because I thought for sure it was a shoe in and then I saw her post that and I know how wrestlers do. So I'm like, oh, this shit's not going to happen. No, <laughs> It'd be nice. Because it's like how Chris Jericho used to do where he'd be like, somebody would say that he's going to return and he's like, yeah, I'm not fucking returning tonight. I'm on my couch. And then like 20 minutes later, he's on Raw. Uh, I know, but different times, man. I don't know. I could see Becky. I could definitely see what you said happening. I definitely could see it. So, all right. Now we get this tag term turmoil match. Smart. Uh, the winner of this match is going to receive the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match on night two. That's right. So, the um, another reason I'm kind of glad we're going to do uh, predictions the next night, so we'll know who's winning this or and who's going to be in the match. So we'll be able to do that too. So this match is going to be all the women that were backstage tonight. Lana and Naomi uh, versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina. Uh, Smark, I am going with Natalia and Tamina. I know usually when they get the upper hand, they don't win, but I'm going with Natalia and Tamina. I think they want to continue the, the, the whole thing with Nia and Shayna. It does seem like the smart way to go. Oh, you called. Oh, you said smart. Now I'm fucked up. <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> I, had to, I had to put money on it. That's probably where I where one would put money on. I just think that they, they might be doing a little bit of long-term storytelling. The whole Lana and Nia, Nia feud that sort of ended, but maybe a little bit of a rekindling. So you have Naomi and Lana win, and that sets up potentially the uh, redemption story arc that we never really got with Lana and Nia. All right, so you're going with Lana and, and Naomi? Mm-hmm. I got to say, I am not at all looking forward to this. Though. Like, <laughs> not very confident. They, just, they have gone out of their way to make these particular titles an afterthought. Like, I think we're going to get a good match with uh, in the main event, and I think we're going to get a match with the... Uh, Asuka and Rhea Ripley badge. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like they've just gone out of their way to make this like the most who gives a fuck division like humanly possible. And the fact that they're donat- dedicating two nights to it just kind of makes me sad. It was like that that could be time better allotted elsewhere. Mm, yeah. But you're also going to get, you know, your women's matches in, which, you know, you got to have. So, all right. So we got that one. Man, we're doing some storytelling here, too. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. This is obviously for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, just a singles match. No no bells and whistles here. I got Bianca Belair once again. I think this is... Uh, I think she is going to get her mania moment, too. Okay. So, what what I think happens is before this match starts, Charlotte comes out. She's got Hawk Hogan's boa on. She's adjusting her hair. She announces it's going to be a triple threat. No, I'm kidding on this one. I think Bianca Belair is going to win this one. <laughs> I was really concerned to where you were going there, Smart. I got to tell you. <laughs> I'm a... It'd be it'd be a gutsy call if they decided it like that's how that happened. I, I, I'm I'm just saying I, I was I was a little worried there. I'm glad you ended up where you did. Um, all right, Bianca Belair. I, I again, I just I, I think there's a lot of uh, with with fans back in 
attendance, I just think they really are going to give us a couple of uh, really go-home happy shows. Um, and again, Bianca Belair has shown that she deserves that mania moment, and I think this is going to be it. Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree with that. All right. So that's going to be night one starting tomorrow. We'll see how everything plays out from there. And uh, all right. We got a little bit of news to get into, Smart. Um, let's see. How are we running here? We're running all right here. Um, real quick, we talked about this. We don't have to spend a shitload of time on, but we had talked a, a couple of weeks ago, Smart, about the uh, Lucha Underground possible return. I said I don't see it happening. I might be wrong, very, very wrong here. Um, the parent company of Lucha Underground, which is Lucha Libre FMV, applied for some trademarks. One of them is Lucha Underground for a downloadable television series featuring wrestling and a non-downloadable television series featuring wrestling and citing the first usage starting in 2014. So... It looks like they are going to attempt to put this together. Now, this all this little thing here says also they're looking to get the idea to put together as much of the original team creative and on air as possible. Wow, do they really have it's pretty scarce. We talked about this the last time we talked about it, that a lot of their roster is now with either AEW or WWE or NXT. Mm -hmm. So, man, they got some slim pickings out there, but things just starting to open, but maybe by the time this does kick off, they can pull off a new roster. And I mean, mean, there, there will have to be sort of, like you said, a new roster, sort of new faces of the company like the big stars that they decide to use but there are still some quote-unquote returning champions that were you still have like drago he hasn't gone anywhere i think he's still a triple a uh-huh. uh arrow star things like that but there's still a couple of people that sort of the core like actual luchadors and then lucha underground are still there you don't have you know obviously like cross isn't there uh, you know, we were talking about Santos Escobar. He's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, just obviously, we've talked about it before that there's a lot of people that were there that aren't there anymore. But yeah, there, there's still some people. And then, like, that's the thing is that's what they did well was they built characters around people. Right. So there's all kinds of opportunities to potentially build a star. And like we said in number one, you know, the very most important thing is. I feel like, and I think you agreed, that the, the success of the show hinges greatly upon whether or not they get Darren. Yes, you're right. and uh, Absolutely. Because I think he was one of the like main characters of that show, and I think he needs to most definitely come back. So if they don't get him, just, just stop. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Don't, even, don't even bother. Just keep, save your trademark money. <laughs> So I'm really surprised that he hasn't gotten like gigs elsewhere. And I just, and I mean like acting in general, 
like he has a like a YouTube channel or whatever where he has like his film reel or whatever. Right. And he's made like an occasional appearance on like a sitcom here and there. I think he was on a Big Bang Theory as just a brief cameo, like a Mike and Molly or something like that. So like he he works every so often, but like this guy's fucking good. Like how do you not have something for him and at least like kind of a shitty like action movie or something? You know? uh, maybe he's got a shitty fucking agent. I don't know. Could be. That's Could be. usually how it is, but. Um, speaking of agents, Mark, and all the stuff to do with, uh, movies and television and episodes, the, uh, Dark Side of the Ring has put out a, uh, small trailer for some of the things that are coming up, uh, very soon. This is going to return on May 6th, once again, Vice TV. I believe you can get Vice TV on, is it Pluto or Tubi? Pluto, right? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it is. I think it is. And Pluto's free. You can you can get that right there. Um, some. Oh, by the way, since oh. you did mention Tubi still does have the uh, all seasons of Lucha Underground available. And oh. uh, Nail in the Coffin, the Rise and Fall of Vampiro documentary that came out. Ah, Tubi's free too. Get it. Download it. Have some fun. Yeah. Um, some of the things they got planned, though, for uh, for this season... Uh, looks like there's going to be an episode. It says the trailer revealed there will be an episode devoted to the Ultimate Warrior. Curious to see how they go with that. If they go to self-destruction or happy days. It kind of alluded to a little bit of a self-destruction element to it in the trailer. Mm. I'll be honest. I, kinda, I think they said he was like scared of being exposed. Mm. as being like kind of a fraud. Not being a great wrestler necessarily. Well. That was obvious to anyone with fucking two eyes in their head. But, um, you know, I, I got to be honest. I kind of purposely didn't watch the trailer. Mm, okay. Kind of wanted to check it out live and kind of just see what happened. So I didn't watch the trailer. Um, I, I watched up till John Moxley, which I think is like five, six seconds in. We see Moxley. So that's, yeah, literally I, at the beginning. I just I watched it just to make sure that there was like because I was going to send it to you, mm. but unbeknownst to me, you were sending it to me. But I, but I wanted to make sure that it was not just a visual only thing that you could actually listen to the audio and get something from it. Right. And you certainly can. So, well, but I, they always have the the people talking to kind of get you. Oh, ooh, ooh, we get to see him. Oh, we get to see that. So. Yeah, I wasn't worried. Uh, so we got one of the Warrior. The uh, the other ones are planned. That uh, the uh, Brian Pillman XPW WCW New Japan event in North Korea. The Smith family. That's Grizzly Smith. Who, if you watch Beyond the Mat, you know all about that. Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rock and Robin. You know his his kids right there. Uh, Dynamite Kid, Nick Gage. Definitely, that's going to be one that we're going to have to talk about. I want to see what they what they dig into on that Nick Gage one um, and how they dig into it, a little bit of both. So we got FMW in Japan, the late Bruiser Bedlam, the late Chris Canyon, and the other one we're definitely going to get into, the plane ride from hell. Yes. All right, let's go ahead and play this trailer. Uh, don't need to spend a shitload of time on this, but uh, there we go. Dark Side of the Ring is back. This isn't a children's TV show on Saturday morning. This is going to be a fight. With all new tales of soaring triumphs. The bigger he got, the more paranoid he got about losing his spot. What could be more international than having two big shows in Pyongyang, North Korea? 
<laughs> Harrowing tragedies. If you want to feel pain, then you have to go from the top and get knocked to the bottom. Double assassinations and blowing up police stations? Really? Dumbass wrestlers. And unbelievable mayhem. I was in over my head. <laughs> oh my God. Can you do the happy side of the ring every once in a while? Fucking Cornette. All right, so that's it right there. Um, and that was David Arquette. So we're going to get a little bit of David Arquette. Obviously, when you do the Nick Gage thing, you got to get David Arquette because I remember watching that. He, uh, he, gigged, he, he gigged Arquette pretty good, man. Gage. Mm, yes, he did. Ugh. I'm actually oddly intrigued. You know, you usually do not care about anything he has to say about anything. But I'm like a little bit morbidly curious about if he's going to be involved and how much he's going to be involved in terms of Jim Cornette potentially being in the Nick Gage documentary the Nick Gage episode and just hearing him just go full old man shouts at Cloud being like, motherfucking shit show wrestler, goddamn hell, law had to fucking rob a bank and no good two-bit hat <laughs> Fuck him. Everyone he knows. Like, he, uh, he, could really, he could inadvertently make Gage into an even bigger star by just, like, making him, like, super anti-establishment. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we are going to end on a Jim Cornette video with uh, Mr. Cornette talking about Riddle. And the birds. Yes. <laughs> oh, by the by, real quick, before we do jump into that, or uh, however we are going to end up getting into that, they did announce as a little bit of a bonus tidbit of information on their Twitter that they're going to open. She said that the, the first episode is going to be May 6th. Mm -hmm. The first episode is going to be two hours long on Brian Pillman. Awesome. That Talk about something that deserves two fucking hours. That's the one right there, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wife comes in with a shot. So, Smark, let's go ahead and get into your little uh, last little story here, and then we'll uh, end by uh, having some fun with Jim Cornette. There we go. It's a little bit of a bonding experience. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to anyone else who uh, has drinks as well. Yeah, the wife's pouring. Give me a, she, you know, she's still having a hard time getting around, so. But, uh, we, anyway. doing, we doing vodka tonight? Yes. Yeah, we stuck with the vodka. We're going with the Tito's, homemade here in Texas. So, uh, all right, go ahead with your uh, little story while I do a shot here. There we go. Okay, so this is from Fightful.com. It's uh, posted February, not February, but my thought It's posted April 9th, 2020. That would be where we're making the sense. It's WWE had the benefit of live audience for over a year which means they had to find other ways to find others to get feedback from fans. Loud clinking. Social media <laughs> is one form of feedback, while online trends, while online trends, viewership numbers, sales, and more provide other forms of feedback. Speaking on Colin Cowherd's podcast, WWE President Nick Khan discussed how WWE has tried to listen to the audience when the audience hasn't been present at live events. Quote, Something that we're all paying attention to every day is what the audience is, is what is the audience saying? When we entered the pandemic, it was tricky for us because getting that audience reaction, you know, if someone is over by how the audience is reacting, we had no audience. Ultimately, we filled in that gap through technology and working with the famous group where, no wonder if that's like a callback to Lucha Underground if they were working with Famous Beat. Um, where we have screens and people reaching in real time to what's going on. 
which gives you which gives us a sense of whether something is working or not. A lot of people just go on Twitter. My personal thoughts on Twitter is you have a very small percentage of the population that are very vocal and influential. I don't want us to be influenced by that. That's just one voice to look at. What we want to look at is the actual massive voice that is present and that is and that's audience reaction, he said. So you don't want to pay attention to what Twitter says, but you do want to pay attention to the audience whom you give dictation to anyway, what their responses are to things. Um, I hate to tell this guy something. Mm -hmm. Does he know his audience is the people talking on Twitter? Like, I mean, literally in this instance, you had to be an online fan to figure out how to apply to uh -huh. get on the phone. Absolutely. You, the, I mean, look, I, I, I get what he's trying to say and it actually, it's very company line, but that audience that you aren't going to listen to on Twitter is the same audience that is sitting in the crowd tweeting, live tweeting about your show. Right. So it, it, it just doesn't, it's why? Oh, we don't want to be like AEW and follow the, our, our social media fans. Okay. If you say so, it doesn't make any sense to me though, because like I said, these guys are the, the, the people on Twitter, the people on Facebook, any social media, any, any social media site you're on that are either, either shitting on or, not shitting on your product they're still tweeting about it they're hashtagging it's still causing it to trend mm -hmm. so yeah let's not listen to the people that are sitting in our audience with their phones tweeting well makes but, sense to me and makes that's sense. the thing too is that it's very disingenuous to be like every segment of your show you have a new hashtag for it and you always like to make sure to tell us what is trending, what isn't trending, and how many followers you get more mm -hmm. than fucking the Dallas Mavericks or the NFL or like whatever weird metric you want to skew at to make it look like you're more popular than this thing or than that thing that gets more television ratings and ad revenue <laughs> than you get. But hey, whatever. God bless. But then just to sit there and be like, okay, tweet about this, talk about this over and over again, pound Twitter, pound Twitter, pound Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all this shit and then to be like well we don't actually listen to what these motherfuckers say like these are just mindless drones fuck these guys everything is negative with these assholes yeah it really it's doesn't. like yeah come on yeah this 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 makes no fucking sense to me so i don't know again i see with the the, the company line he's doing here but <clears throat> poopy that's what i say poopy smart <laughs> all right so like i said we're gonna end on a little better of a note tonight we're not gonna end on a little anger or anything <laughs> we're not gonna end with anger and then you're throwing Jim Cornette. well we're gonna talk jim Cornette. um I, I'm, I'm not who is his little co-host or uh conrad wannabe guy that's there with him it's not conrad i honest to god i thought it was conrad no it's not conrad so, so he's got like a budget Conrad. No, this is interesting. No, this guy's like Wish Conrad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. The fucking Wish, the big lots version of Conrad. Mm. Uh, God, I, 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 I want to look it up real quick here. What is it? His podcast actually. Well, you look it up, and I'll I'll just introduce it as we're going here. Uh, Great Brian 
last. Uh, Brian something. So uh, th- thank you, Sasha Baron Corbin, as usual. Um, he was asking him about the riddle thing and had he seen the, the riddle and the birds. And Jim Cornette, for a man who hates so much, watches every little piece of wrestling that he hates. So this is it's about five minutes long. We'll we'll cut it up like a like usual. We'll play a little stop here when we need to laugh at Mr. Cornette. And um, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and turn up some volume here. And let's go ahead and get this playing. Let me crank this up a little bit so I'll know what to do. Here we go. Now he's just Riddle. Correct. And he's got no first name. He's riding around on a on a scooter, not even a motorized scooter, but a little scooter that you put your foot on and, and push off with the other one and go budden budden. And a pe- Let's stop there. What the fuck is... All right, first of all, let's stop right there. What the fuck is budden budden and why, why is this man against people exercising? <laughs> well, I, I feel like looking at him indicates why he's against... <laughs> I, I, have been, I have been... No, I, I really can't be calling other people fat. But, like, seriously, the guy who has a fucking Family Guy t-shirt for every day of the week and just always talks about how much he loves fucking Dairy Queen and Wendy's and shit is sitting there just angry at people for exercise. And yes, I would also like to know what the hell Budden Budden is. Uh, Budden, like... uh, I, I've, I've never gone Budden Budden. I've never heard anyone that said they're going Budden Budden. But um, hey, it, it, where's this? Ah, whatever. Let's keep going. Apparently from now what I'm led to believe also magically birds fly out of his Birds fly out of something. I'm going to pull up a clip so I can take a look at it, but I I don't watch Raw, so I don't know for sure, but from what I've been told... He jumped up in the air, spread his legs out, exposing his his taint and all of the surrounding area for everyone to see, and then birds flew out of his ass, is what I saw on television. Possibly they were... Oh, I know you watched. Well, that's what I saw on the fucking clip from their television. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it possibly they were birds that were hit by Braun Strowman's choo-choo train. I don't know. <laughs> All right, that that was funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually, gonna say he makes it sound way more exciting than it actually is. Like, yeah, I, yeah. for full disclosure, for those who don't watch Raw, a good choice, and B, he wears shorts, so he's not like actually exposing his taint, as Mr. Cornette would imply. Although that no. would kind of make me laugh. He just came out butt ass naked, and then there were birds. Yeah, and the birds are technically flying out of his shoes. Um, but uh... <laughs> he has not his taint. <laughs> I don't think. That that was Vince's damn it, pal. Make right. birds come out of his gooch. Now, full disclosure, this is about as far as I got before I stopped it and said, I got to hear the rest of this on the show. <laughs> oh, I'm on the ride. I am fully invested in this ride. Seatbelt is on, eyes are forward. Let's see where we end up. 4.45 left. I, th- I thought this would be a great way to end the show. So let's keep going here. What if, Does he have a connection with, is he an ornithologist? When in his in his interview meeting with Vince, when he sat down and Vince said, "Tell me about yourself," is he the Birdman of fucking Cucamonga or wherever he's from out in California? He's California sober. I see that's a phrase now. Maybe that explains Riddle. Oh, by the way, do you know what California sober is, Mark? I do not. Enlighten me. California sober is when you still drink and smoke weed, but you don't do any hard drugs. So technically, 
technically, I am California sober. Nice. Okay. I, like I am so hip and so happening. Okay. Just wanted to throw that out there. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's the riddle about riddle. He's California sober. Why are birds flying out of his ass, Brian? <laughs> because Vince likes it. Vince likes it that way. I never once heard Vince McMahon say, you know, pal, you know what I like is when birds fly at somebody's ass. I never heard him say that. They're spending money on this. That's not free. Well, they're not real. You know what we need coming out of Riddle? Birds right out of his ass. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you've heard of cuckoo clock, but what about cuckoo cock? <laughs> Yeah, we we got something here, Shane. And you know, okay, he says that he never heard Vince say that, but that is also like one of the very most Vince esque things I could picture him saying. It's like, we need birds to come out of his pants. <laughs> I think he might have just named the show. <laughs> it's not a flock of birds; it's a cock of birds. <laughs> A cock of seagulls. <laughs> They're all former hairdressers. It's a great gimmick. Okay. I'm actually on board for this. <laughs> well, that band actually was a... Anyway, let's just... Well, yeah, they... you get a fucking coming out with the little haircut that they used to have. The yeah, yeah, and, synthesizer and... theme song. I love it. I'm about it. And they all actually were former hairdressers that knew each other and started a band anyway let's keep going <laughs> this is way more fun than i thought it was gonna be birds let's just clarify for anyone who doesn't watch no, the show that's what i'm saying yeah. they're they're computer generated birds flying out of matt riddle's ass that they've obviously had some television technician insert into his ass so that they can fly out when he jumps up and <laughs> spreads his legs out in the air and that costs money so they spent wait, money wait, wait, on their television. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Does, does Cornette not know that this is virtual reality? That, 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 does he think they shoved mechanical birds in his ass? I mean, well, I, I, like the, oh. I, that's what I just heard. Did, is that what you just heard? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what one would be led to believe. Okay, I, I just wanted to make sure that I heard the same thing you did. Um, okay, I, I'm, I'm I'm speechless at this point. Let's just keep playing the, this right here. Programmed to have birds fly to Matt Riddle's ass. They're programmed. Multicolored birds, too. Either that or they just shoved a bunch of white pigeons up there and he eats a lot of fucking Cheerios. Is Does he have a connection with birds? Well, I mean, he's kind of dizzy. So maybe there are birds circling around his head. When I first read about it, that there were birds in his entrance, that's what my first thought was. Vince thinks, this guy's some dizzy idiot. Let's have birds circling his head. Birds are intelligent creatures. Have you ever watched a bird build a nest? I have. I'm, I, not, I, I'm I, not indicting I the birds. To, I dare you to build a house at the same time it takes a bird to build his nest. Well, if it was the same size, that'd be one thing. But listen, I'm not indicting the birds. Good point. Well, don't indict the birds. I'm the birds, saying the birds will get even. You've seen that in cartoons. You ever seen the birds? You've seen that in cartoons where someone's a little ditzy and they have birds flying around their head. That's what I thought it was before I saw it. 
and I realized I they weren't flying I don't around know his what head. What world you're talking about? They were flying out of his ass. Ditsy birds. Not the the birds aren't the ditsy ones. <laughs> well, then why are they flying around a ditsy guy? Unless they're ditsy too. Wouldn't you want to fly around a smart guy if you were a smart animal? Look, I can't make sense of this. <laughs> I can't make sense of this. Okay, this this I can't make sense of. I have a huge objection. Okay, please. A huge objection. Bring it on. He asked the question, do they use different colored birds or do they all, do they use a bunch of white birds and then he eats a bunch of Cheerios? Yeah, please tell me. I I, I, I know what you are all the same color. They're all like white or gray or beige or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be. They're yeah. not rainbow colored in any way. No, I believe he meant Fruity Pebbles, but he just got too into the moment. Maybe Fruit Loops. Maybe Fruit Loops. I do like him just asking with that little bit of just like hinge of anger. You get a little bit of a tinge. It's a tinge of anger in his voice. You ever watch a bird build a nest? <laughs> like he's but, definitely said that to a date before. Dude, the, the and his little co-host there had the right response. Well, if I was the same fucking size, maybe I could do that. But you fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, so the bird builds a little tiny fucking nest and I got to build a fucking three-bedroom house? Go fuck yourself, all right? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and electric and plumbing. You know the fucking... I have, I, there's codes I got to live up to here, man. I got to get the inspectors out here. Mm-hmm. Fuck. It's impossible, goddammit. Let's keep going. All right. So birds are flying out of Matt Riddle's ass. Anyway, <laughs> he then, uh, and this was on Raw, and this was on live television, walks up to Asuka and starts talking to her about his scooter and whether they'd like it in Japan, but he's looking, he's got the scooter thing up between his legs like his giant dick. Oh, yeah, I just, just yeah, he just said giant dick. <laughs> Um, this is fact, Matt Riddle, giant dick. Right, this was half talking about the birds flying out of his ass, the mechanical birds flying out of it. This is so Alex Jones right now. It's not even funny. There's birds flying out of his ass. They're turning them gay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And the other half is him forgetting his lines with uh, Asuka. So here we go. And... He's fondling the handle. He says, you think they'd like my scooter in Japan? And then he just started laughing and said, I'm sorry, and walked off. He forgot what he was going to say on live television and busted the take. And left Asuka, of all people, standing there looking like the smart one. <laughs> the face she made at the camera. Like she had no idea what was going on. <laughs> By the way, whatever dialogue he forgot, I promise you it wasn't Shakespeare. <laughs> no, it wasn't going to be any good anyway, but at least he could have done it. Or if if nothing else, if he forgot what he was going to say, just say, hey, just wanted to tell you, good luck. We're all counting on you and leave. But just to be an unprofessional jack off and just laugh on live national television. Again, the Vince McMahon I knew 25 years ago would have looked at somebody at Gorilla and asked them how quickly that they could write that motherfucker out of every upcoming television program that is ever that would ever be taped by that company ever ever but he they just oh 
He's so dull-witted and slow and stupid and unprofessional that he can't come up with a way to say, all right, well, I'll see you later and pedal his little scooter on off. <laughs> and scoot put, off. Put on yeah. out of there and scoot his <laughs> ass on off. Fuck these guys. All right, I'm going to stop it there. Um, you know, yeah, could Riddle have come up with something real quick and made up for that? Maybe. But then again... What if he had come up with something that angered someone or pissed someone off? Or I, I hate to say, but this is the detriment of scripted promos. People are going to be afraid to go off script. And if they forget it, this is what happens. The only plus to this, Mark, is that Riddle is that stoner to forget shit. And that's why it made a little bit of sense. You know, yes, but I think the, again, I think this is the downside to getting these, you know, completely scripted promos that I mean, basically, these guys are just reading lines. And I this is what happens if they forget their lines. They're going to be scared to come up with something that, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? So you just take your scooter and go off. Well, that's actually funny. You mentioned that I was watching an episode of Botchamania, and they were talking about, they had read an excerpt from JTG's book on it. JTG was saying that one time they went to London, and they wanted them to cut a promo, and you know how they, one of the things Crime Time did was that one of their catchphrases was get that money, money, yeah, yeah. Which I, of course, purposely tried to say as wide as humanly possible. But like what they tried to do, because they were in London, was they told them to say Euro. The Euro, Euro, yeah, yeah, but Shad was reading the the script. And he was like, you know, they uh they use pounds here. They don't use euros. Yeah. So JTG goes to them and he's like, guys, this isn't right. And he's like, say it anyway. And like they're gonna boo us. And he's like, say it anyway. It's like so they go out and they say it anyway, and they boo the ever loving shit out of them as they expected. Huh. So I was like, they're just committed <laughs> to that script, and if you if you deviate from that script, unless you're somebody with clout. You're risking being in some deep shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, a John Cena going off script, I don't think they'd say a word to him. Um, maybe a Seth Rollins, someone like that, you know, nowadays, you know, you could go with. Brock Lesnar, go ahead, say something to him. You think he gives a flying fuck? No, he doesn't. Um, a taker, guys like that, I could see going off script, but no. I it, It's... it's if you're just one of those lower guys, that's just you know a mid card with a mid card title. Let's face it, yeah, that's he's got that U.S. the, the U.S. title, right? Um, mid card title, you're probably better off just doing what he did rather than try to come up with something that someone may get offended, someone may not like what you said. You might get in more trouble than you did for forgetting your lines. Absolutely, he, especially as wishy washy and up in the air as a company like WWE can be. Right. And we were talking about this before, and you were kind of wondering, and I was as well, what Vince's reaction was going to be this. to him flubbing up the line. He's been like, whoops, I forgot. Got to go now. Um, according to the Observer, like it was one of those like kind of pre-records mm. segments. Mm. And they said that Vince found it to be so funny that he just encouraged them not to shoot it again. Because he said that they, they, they were saying that he was just fucking over the moon laughing his ass off. 
at how big of an idiot Riddle looks. So he boss fans for it. Don't fucking rock the boat. Well, and now he's got birds, mechanical birds, flying out of his ass. Because he eats Cheerios. Oh, right. Cheerios, which are basically, like you said, gray, tan, whatever you want to fucking call them. Delicious, I will tell you that. Love me some Honey Nut Cheerios. Love, really do. I'll just eat those. I'll take a cup and fill it up with Honey Nut Cheerios and just eat them fucking no milk or nothing. Love them. Love them. I don't, I don't really have a lot of Cheerios. Like I'll have it if it's like one of those like breakfast buffet situations where they have a little, like how you would feed a cat or whatever. You just turn the little knob and food sprays on out. Ah, uh, the old continental breakfast, if you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know where you're going there. I know where you're going. You're going to a fucking holiday inn, motherfucker. That's right. All right. So I think that was a much better way to end the show than a than a news story. I knew that would like I said, I I, I figured that was gonna be fun when I just heard the beginning and uh it was. It was. Great way to end the show there. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna end the show right here. Again, we're gonna be back Sunday live. And we're going to be with the High Marks. So definitely want to check that out. And where can you check out the High Marks? Right here on Mixler. Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's in the old Mitt. So definitely want to check them out here Sunday. Once again, from the second night of WrestleMania, we will be here. And you can always find us. Mixler.com slash Dark Cheat Dudes right here. Get here. And, of course, a shout-out to Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. You can find them wherever you get podcasts from. Uh, Subscribe to them right there. Definitely won't be disappointed. And, of course, the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Check those guys out on Blog Talk Radio and anywhere you find your podcast once again. And, of course, it's Stephen Milan. We appreciate you sharing the show, sir. And if you want to catch him reviewing movies, go to Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan put two L's in Milan and of course you want to find us Spreaker Facebook uh, Stitcher iHeart Anchor YouTube everywhere you find your podcast smart that's right Monday is 8.30 in the Metal Mate Podcast Network on the Mixer Machine be sure to check out Cheese on Sports with Cheese Man yeah. Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. Sundays. You also want to be sure to check out our friends at the Mo Dirt City Machine Guns Podcast. And last, never least, be sure to check out our friends at the Planet Raccoon The Planet Raccoon Tour Podcast. Bobby and the Papa Davis at CBI Nasty. All 16 episodes are available for new season 2 coming soon. Be sure to subscribe. Alright, there you go. Hope everyone enjoys the first night of Wrestlemania. We will see you live once again for the second night. Uh, Enjoy. Have fun. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you chat room. Thank you smart. Thank you. See ya! Take on Take your drunk for the asshole Look here Sit a spell, drink some more. Time for the band to hit the door. We're going home.